Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler Spoiler season with us. New cards. Welcome to Spoiler Season Episode 2 for Guilds of Ravnica. Uh, I.e. Return to Return to Ravnica. That's right. Return to Return. Yeah, RTR, TR, 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 TR. So uh, thanks to our sponsors, New England Comics, who you can find at Facebook at NEC Coolidge, uh, best place to play FNM in Boston, and who Flipside Gaming, who you can find at flipsidegaming.com. So, Katie, we have an exciting batch of spoilers tonight. I, I'm excited. Are, are you excited? Uh, I am. I am. I'm excited about a couple of cards in particular. Okay. Um, we're going to start off with some new split cards. So how do you <gasps> feel about that? I like split cards. I'll read these because the way we're looking at the computer right now, your head was upside down. Yes, uh, so. it was the wrong way <laughs> for the split. Oh, side note. Yeah. If you have these in your hand. Oh, yeah. You know, just... Be conscious that as you turn your head sideways to read your cards in your hand, your opponent may be aware that you're holding a split card. Absolutely. For people who are, uh, you know, playing with split cards for the first time, um, if they're, you know, haven't played them in modern or if you haven't been playing standard long enough to have seen them, it's definitely a thing where, like, <laughs> if you see your opponent start turning their head, like, they probably have a... You need to know what all your split cards do so you don't do that, right? Yeah. Um, because otherwise it's kind of just a giveaway. So uh, the first one is Response and Resurgence. So like we said, they're sharing the first three letters this time. I personally prefer the old naming convention. Because yeah. like hide and seek, like that's really rise and fall. It feels really nice. But anyway, I think a lot of people won't pick up on that pattern. Yeah, it's, it's unless, much more subtle. Yeah, I only noticed it. Because, well, I didn't notice it. I only know about it because I, I read the yeah. article talking about it. So Response is hybrid white-red, hybrid white-red. So total two mana. Instant. Response deals five damage to target attacking or blocking creature. Ooh. And Resurgence is white, red, three, sorcery. Creatures you control gain first strike and vigilance until end of turn. After this main phase, there is an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. And this is a rare. Huh. All so right. what's your so hot take, Katie? Five mana, two combat phases with vigilance and... First strike. First strike. Or two mana, kill an attacking or only attack. No, attacking or, or blocking. Or blocking. Or blocking. Yep. For two mana. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> obviously, powerhouse and limited. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and limited. This is almost like a hard removal spell, or just like a, I win the game or decimate yeah. your whole board. Like, it, yeah, it feels really good. Yeah. Um, though, you probably want to be in white red to play this because, like. I think response is super solid, but I think that playing a two-mana double-colored spell, if you want to cast it early, is really hard to do. If you're willing to cast it late, then whatever. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, your aggro, so you... Yeah, usually White Red is going to be the... Or it seems to be home to an aggressive deck. Yes. Yeah. Um, but for a standard, response is pretty strong. Um, response is kind of... like So Gideon's Reproach saw a tiny bit of play in Blue-White Control... Because largely because Seal Away couldn't kill Heart of Kirin, mm. um, and we'll see if we this get any other kinds Heart of. of Kirin. Sorry. This could have killed Heart of Kirin. Right, right. So Gideon's <laughs> Reproach saw play because it killed Heart, yeah. and this is one more damage, so it's even better than Reproach because the difference between four and five is like pretty substantial, right? Like yeah, you can it kill can be. Lyra, you can <laughs> kill uh, mainly Lyra. Um, or, you know, in past and you kill Scarab God or sure. things like that. So, uh, it, it remains to be seen whether, like, will the blue-white or white X control deck that is playing Seal Away, does it want additional copies of a two-mana removal spell? 
Mm. Um, or are there pressing threats in the format that have vigilance that don't die to seal away that blue white need control really needs to answer? Yeah. Um, or does blue white control just need more exile removal? Like, if there's going to be a lot of graveyard based decks, maybe another two mana kill spell is not really sufficient. Yeah, maybe it just wants to go more expensive and play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Play or if, like, the good stuff. cards are not actually attacking, if they're, like, gaining some value yeah. just sitting back. But, uh, yeah, so response, though, is certainly able to be played in standard. Um, it would be more at home, I think, in a Jeskai control, because turn two, white, white, into turn three, cancel variant is, is really hard to do, right? So um, I, I would say that, like, you probably want to like play this in a uh, yeah. just guy control deck. Where you can have playing. the white or the red. Where it can be white red. Yeah. yeah. Do you think this could have a home in like an aggressive red white deck? Uh, and historically in standard, we've never really seen cards to removal spells that kill a blocking creature see play. Yeah. I'm, so if I'm you're an aggressive about the deck, other side too, like that. If you're an aggressive deck, you don't want to top end right. Oh, you're talking about Resurgence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, um, if you get two swings with the bad Rabble Master. Yeah, or... I would say probably not. Um, we've saw, seen these cards, like, co- uh, the only one that really saw play was Combat Celebrant, and that's because it comboed with Godfaro's Gift and Vizier yeah. of Many Faces. Outside of that, these effects generally are, you know, kind of win more. Like, if your board is better than your opponent's, that's when this card is good. Because mm. the end way, like, you creatures are all living to attack again. And if that's the case, then you don't need to, to take another combat. You can just kill them next turn. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not super high in Resurgence. I think most of the standard playability comes from response. Um, certainly in Limited, this card is uh, pretty cool. Cool. Next split card, which I'll read, and then I'll turn it over to you for the next one, uh, is Find and Finality. So this is Hybrid Black Green, Hybrid Black Green is Find. Sorcery. Return up to two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. And finality, which is black, green, four, sorcery. You may put two plus one plus one counters on a creature you control. Then all creatures get minus four, minus four until end of turn. Okay, six mana, black, green, maybe board wipe, and hopefully save one of your creatures. Yeah, it's a languish variant, right? Yeah. Okay, but languish cost. Which is why this is worse. Yeah. It's like pretty significantly. Yeah. I mean, I know this is split, but like that's expensive. Yeah. So like if we're evaluating, like we're talking about finality, right? So let's just look at finality as a card. Like language was so good, but it saw mostly just saw play in blue black control, right? Right. Or in like Esper control. And therefore this card, if you're playing in a control deck, you don't need to put counters on a creature. You don't have creatures. So like, (laughs) then it's exactly, then it's a six mana kind of board wipe. Uh, language part of the reason it was so good on turn four is because it killed everything on turn four Mm. Um, on turn six this might not kill everything and it's just not worth it at all so i'm not a huge fan of finality uh i could see like if black green mid-range mirrors go in the right direction then this card could fill a role similar to what we saw like tragic arrogance filling Mm. um where tragic arrogance because it, it was quote unquote symmetrical but because you chose everything right like it wasn't really symmetrical so here if you're playing card creatures that are like generally have four or less toughness this could be a nice mirror breaker in that you get to like keep your good creature maybe there's a creature that really matters in the matchup and then just wipe everything away now you're pretty far ahead but i'm a little skeptical that that will happen i'm just trying to think of possible ways that that it yeah. could and find the find I, half i i never 
love things that let you bring creature cards back to your hand. But, I mean, two mana is cheap, and green-black is hopefully dumping things into your graveyard, mm -hmm. so maybe it's two mana draw two good cards, mm -hmm. um, which is which is fine. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's important to evaluate these cards as two halves of the split card, not just by themselves right. as well, right? And, like, response resurgence is, like, just kind of awkward together. I think yeah. I don't think they want it, but... Fine finality, if you're playing like a grindy black green deck that fills the graveyard, then... Oh yeah, this helps you grind. You know, like this, yeah, this almost ends up, it's depending on how, it's going to largely depend on how well you can fill your graveyard, right? Because if you can mm. fill your graveyard super effectively, then this almost becomes early. like a tutor for like, just put two creatures into your hand, right. which is really strong. Um, but I, I, I think, and then like, you know, if you don't need to do that, maybe you can board wipe. So I think these two go a little bit better together than do response and resurgence. Um, but I'm still not super high on either ver version of the card or yeah. the two cards, like, stuck into a split card together. Yeah. I mean, at least the two cards stuck into a split card, they do seem to fit in this same, like, grindy, green-black yeah. mid-rangey thing. Right, right, right. So a little more synergistic than Response Resurgence. Yeah. Next up is Niv-Mizzet. Our dragon. We have, uh, he's back. Is it, this is the boss of the, is it? Yeah. All right. Yeah uh red 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 he's this blue, is the third incarnation of his card and every time basically they like flipped what he did the two times where they were like all right uh like once it was like whenever you draw a card it deals damage and you could pay to draw a card and then the other time it was whenever you deal damage draw a card you could pay to deal damage something like that but anyways go ahead he always does a little card draw does a little damage you know it's very red and blue yeah and he's extremely red and blue with three pips of red and three pips of blue yeah he's got a big ego yeah. pretty full of himself so he's a six mana five five legendary creature dragon wizard mm -hmm. oh wizard mm -hmm. that be relevant? wizard tribal wizard tribal anyways uh spell can't be countered mm -hmm. has flying whenever you draw a card niv mizzet deals one damage to any target whenever you whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery you draw a card yeah so it's a little different than the previous builds, uh, create designs of Numizit, but it still has a similar, like, draw a card, deal damage, but the trigger there is whenever any player casts an instant or sorcery, you get to draw a card and therefore also deal one damage. Mm. Though awkwardly, like, you can forget one of these triggers, where you can go like, oh, you cast a spell, draw a card, and you can forget to ping for one, if you're playing uh, competitive Ariel, at least, because there are two separate triggers, they're not... Yeah. 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 So that's kind of funny. So is this supposed to be, like, a... Jeskai control mirror or like control uh, control finisher. Well, well, this is what confuses me. Is like I looked at I was looking at some threads of people talking about this card and they're like, yeah, like blue red control or like Jeskai control, like great card. It's it, it's not though. Is like my feeling. Like I guess if I'm just confused. Like it can't be countered. Sure. I, so let's let's compare this right. We've seen, um, so Nasal, right? Yeah. Can't be countered. Flash, 7-7. Seven, seven. Has uh, some built-in. Same thing where whenever a player casts, uh, or whenever an opponent casts an instant sorcery, you draw a card, or non-creature, or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then it even protects itself a little bit. Now, Nuvmiz, uh, sorry, uh, Nezahal was pretty terrible, in my opinion, in the last format. Um, part of that was just because of the disallow. You could disallow the protection trigger. Right. But, like... That was why people play... Like, imagine Nasahal without the protection trigger. 
right? If it didn't have the ability to protect itself, Nasahal probably would not be played in control mirrors anyways. Yeah. So, like, I don't understand. Like, this card... Did he cost one more mana, too? Uh, Nasahal's seven mana. So, yeah, one one more mana. A little bit, you know, it only costs two pips of blue. So this yeah. is way more restrictive. Right. Triple red, triple blue, I think people are being a little, like, I don't know if they think this is coming down on turn six or not, but I, I don't know if that's super realistic, especially if you're in Jeskai, three colors. Uh... Though you do get, you know, you do get blue, red, and red, white lands in this set, and then the next set you'll get Hell of Fountain. But you do have two two dual lands for the shard, um, but or the the wedge. But this just doesn't. I don't understand why this is a in a control deck. Like I wouldn't want to play this in a control deck. I play it, and then they kill it, and like yeah, you're up a card, mm. which just never feel like. Sure, like you get to go up, like that, but you wouldn't pay six mana to like draw a card and have your opponent discard a card that's not a good rate yeah which is basically what's happening right so if if you're playing this card you really need to like be playing it with the anticipation of like protecting it or playing it and then like unloading a volley of like instants and sorceries or like maybe playing it against certain decks that have a lot of spells or like if i don't know if if uh is it ends up going in like a stormy direction then this could be good but I'm just not, I'm not as high on this card as some other people are. I don't really, like, see the appeal. Do you see the appeal? I, Am I missing it? I don't, I don't know. Uh, what about for, like, for a Wizards deck? <laughs> Different direction. Well, Wizards For a Wizards is, deck, if you bring this in against control. Wizards curves out at, like, three. Yeah. They run, like, 22 lands, if that. Yeah, but they could run more. Do they still have Adelies? Yeah, it's three mana. That's their top end. I just don't, this isn't, like, you can't play Niv-Mizzet in, in Wizards, I don't think. But it's a wizard! I know, but, like, look at it. Like, and, and every time I see a new card that people are like, oh, it's control, I just think, it, like, go down the line of pass control finishers, right? So we had, what were they? We had, uh, like, Dragonlord, we won't go back too far. So we had, like, Morph, uh, not, Aetherling, right? In, with Sorcery Speed, 6 mana did everything it couldn't die it protected itself incredibly well it closed the game really fast but it protected itself okay and then we have uh like dragon lord ojitai right you could play it it protected itself it had hexproof uh pearl lake ancient flash protected itself like uh what else the more recently torrential gear hollow right was a finisher because it was a giant snapcaster mage right in modern snapcaster mage like okay they didn't protect themselves but they are value when like when you're behind or at parity or like they forward your game plan as well. So like you look at something like Niv Mizzet, what does this do? This doesn't protect itself. It doesn't do any of the things that like you imagine a control finisher to do. It doesn't have flash. It doesn't protect itself. It accrues like kind of a little cart, but like not really upon like ETB. It's just not a it's not a good control finisher. And the restrictive mana cost is is not great as well. Sure, it can't be countered, and like I feel like people are like, oh like can't be countered. Control finisher, no. I think more realistically, is you are actually closer. I don't think blue-red wizards would want it, but I think if there's a blue-red deck, this is probably something they bring in against, against control. Against control. Yeah. Yeah. Though then they just spend the two mana on the um, response and kill it. <laughs> well, it well th that's the other thing is like, what is the control suite of control look like? We're gonna get to another yeah. card in a little bit, but if like it ends up being something tapped, then you just don't attack with this. Just play it and let it sit there and like. Every time you draw a card, you ping them. <laughs> draw more cards, ping them more. And then, right. like, let them, cast, let spells. them cast spells and you get to draw stuff. You get to draw stuff. So I think it's powerful against control if there exists a heavy blue-red deck that's not <laughs> wizards and aggro. 
is like a mid rangey deck, but I don't want to. I don't want to play this card in control. Gotcha. That's that's my view at least. Cool. Next up, we have Dream Eater. This is blue, blue four for a four three Nightmare Sphinx. What a what a type line. Something I didn't know I wanted. I know. Uh, has flash Ooh. and flying. Whenever sorry when when Dream Eater enters the battlefield, surveil four. When you do, you may return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. So, what are your thoughts? Surveil and bounce. Yeah. All right, so I have to say, expensive blue card that has flash and flying has, like, another control finish. (laughs) JK, I I, I don't think that is this. Um, uh, Gosh, it is... Uh, it's hard to imagine this as constructed playable. Yeah, it's just I just this, don't this think just it is. doesn't have enough value anywhere. This reminds me of um, do you remember when they used to do like uh, for pre-releases you would get like the promo in your color and you they they used to show oh, you, you which they were allowed are. to like play it. Yeah, in the, yeah. it reminds me of one of those. It's like a it's like a six mana blue card that has some like flashy text. Oh, this is a mythic. Yeah, what a trash mythic. <laughs> but yeah, it's I guess I, if this was downshift to rare, it would fit better. Um, and in limited, this card is a super powerhouse. Yeah. Right? Four mana flying, uh, sorry, four power in the air is really strong, and the ability to instant speed bounce something and then scry four and fuel all your synergies, right? Yeah. Like, better scry four. That's awesome. Um, so in, in limited, I think this card is really, really, really good. Oh, totally. And six is, like, not excessive at all. Yeah. But I just have a really hard time imagining that, like, in standard, I'm going to play a six-minute spell that dies to lightning strike. Yeah. It yeah. just feels pretty pretty terrible. Yeah. And doesn't really do that much when it comes down. No. No. In fact, sometimes in standard, you don't even want to bounce. Like, the biggest threats are things you don't even want to really right, bounce. Right. Because they, like, everything has ETBs nowadays. Yeah. The stuff you... It's usually bounce is, like, you're playing a tempo game, right? The thing about the, the bounce spells that I've seen play like unsummon or vapor snag in like aggro tempo shells and then like brawl's expertise because you're just trying to buy time and you don't actually care about uh like etbs and value right and if stuff. they're getting more value that's fine because right. they should be dead before then right or almost dead yeah or because you're trying to render like what they're doing irrelevant right you just make a bunch of thockers with sigh and block so i i don't think that this particular bounce spell is uh has a whole lot of potential or I guess Cyclonic Rift is a, another great example of just like bounce my board and top board my opponent's entire board and kill them. Right, right. Rift was great, yeah. So next we have Sumala Woodshaper. This is white green two for a two one elf druid. When Sumala Woodshaper enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or enchantment card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Okay, so it is a spell tacked onto a creature the creature is pathetic it's a four <laughs> mana two one hey sometimes ambush viper you know gets there um yeah but draw creature enchantment uh, I, I this is the kind of thing i'm like i don't even know that i would play this unlimited because like what are you what are you looking for just draw your creature in two turns yeah like, I, I don't like your stuff is not that good and this is gonna die and it's like not even gonna trade yeah I, I don't think this is too high of a pick in limited. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't feel great. It doesn't even give you like if it was designed such that you got to pick two, then like I'd be much more inclined to take mm-hmm. this. But you're picking ones. So you're paying four mana to like take something from your deck and then chump. So I yeah I'm not. It's high four on mana this. to like cycle and chump. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyways. Next is Hypothesizzle. Hypothesis. People are very split on this oh name. Wait, Love it, that's hate the it. coolest. That sounds like a kid trying to be cool. Hypothesizzle. Yeah. Hypothesizzle in school today, we were hypothesizzling. Um, so this is red, blue, three. Instant. Draw two cards. Then you may discard a non-land card. When you do, Hypothesizzle deals four damage to target creature. <laughs> Hypothesizzle. All right. So what was that? Draw cards. Yeah. Discard. Deal four damage. Yeah. To a creature. What do you think? For five mana? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not constructed playable. No. Um, would I play it in limited? I would totes play this in limited. This is a removal spell that cantrips. But, like, better than cantrips? Because when you... So, you're going up, and, and it has so much flexibility. Because you don't have to discard the card. Right? Yeah. The one downside of this is it has to be a non-land card. Yeah, that's. Right. I didn't realize that you may discard. You may. So it's either five mana draw two, and then if you draw like early in your curve stuff that's not impactful mm-hmm. anymore, you can just discard it and deal four damage. I think the other thing to remember though is that uh, is it is the guild with jumpstart, which means you can put a jumpstart card into your graveyard. Uh... So this card is. I think this card's really good. Uh, it's going to be five mana, like usually kill. Like it's just it's pretty flexible, and it's not something like where you don't have a lot of control over the outcome. Like, you right. can pretty easily decide what you want to do with this. And because of the way the set is built and the mechanics in the set, uh, discarding something into your graveyard is actually a pretty good upside. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I oh, think nifty. usually you'll use this to draw a, two cards, discard an all-land, and shoot a creature. Yeah. And then it's, like, kind of better than a cantrip. Though it is a little sad you can't discard the land, but... Yeah. Nifty. Okay. I- I'm sold. Yeah. Uh, Goblin Electromancer. Hey, that's a reprint. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in Storm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Very key card in Storm. Red, blue, for a 2-2 Goblin Wizard. Wizard Tribal. Wizard Tribal. Instant and Sorcery goblin spells tribal. you cast. And Goblin Tribal. <laughs> cost one less to cast. Yeah. So, to really want to play this card, you need to be doing something akin to what Storm is doing, right? Where, like, <laughs> you are casting, you want to be able to make sure that if you're investing two mana in this 2-2, you're getting a good chunk of mana out, right? So, like, mm. when cost reducers are at their best, uh, you're casting multiple spells in a turn of that type so that you can net a lot of mana. For example, uh, Herald of the Pantheon in Obsidian Constellation, which reduced enchantment spells by one, was so good because... With Eidolon of Blossoms, every time you cast an enchantment, you guys draw a card. So they kept the gas going, right? Ooh, ooh. Yeah. You can play Niv-Mizzet, and then every time you cast an instance or sorcery, which is cheap, you draw a card and deal a damage. True. It's just a little awkward because... <laughs> Niv-Mizzet is six mana. Yeah. That. Um, <laughs> and, like, not and like, so good. The the Just the awkward thing, and I think we were talking about this yesterday, too, but the awkward thing about the blue-red spells archetype is that... At least in standard, it's very hard not to, like, play to the board. Like, you kind of have yeah. to play to the board or take on a control well, now role. Now you get a two-mana two-two right, on but the like, board. Again, like Constellation deployed a bunch of threats onto the board that had an impact. Goblin Electromancer, you're deploying a bunch of spells. You need those spells to be doing something, hopefully adding something to the board. And, like, mm-hmm. I like the idea of Electromancer with Niv-Mizzet because then you have that kind of synergy but Nivens is just so expensive yeah. that you play this, and then what, four turns later, you start to get a payoff? 
too slow. So uh, I think it's a it's, you know a nice reprint to have, uh, but I'm not super optimistic that it'll be a player in standard. It's a kind of another one of those cards where either it's a four of in the the, the very niche deck in which it is played, or you just never see it ever. Cool. And I think it's probably more likely in standard to be the latter. Brawl saw no play right, and like Electromancer yeah. is a little different, but Brawl was has the same text box and then plus a benefit of looting and it saw play out of the sideboard um, and partially because of the looting text too not just because of the reduction right. so I, i'm not too high on electromancer which is uh, also blue and red as well so put them on arrow yeah next card is the one that everyone is talking about assassin's trophy uh this is black green instant destroy target permanent and opponent controls its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle their library. Wait, it doesn't even say non-land permanent? Yeah, you picked up on that, huh? I did not pick up on that the first time I read it. It uh, just occurred to me this is two mana land You weren't the only one. There were a lot of people who read this, and then uh, they were like, oh, non uh, this doesn't say non-land. Oh, gosh. This, is, uh, this card is is really, like, absurdly good. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's... A oh, new... this is like marginally concerning to me. Oh, I don't think it's concerning. No? I'm actually pretty happy with uh, this. Well, I have some Destroy split land. thoughts. Destroy I want you to tell me what you think first, and then I'll go off on my spiel. It's just two mana is very cheap for this kind of power and flexibility. Like, you're, you can... I mean, okay, all right, all right. So if you do destroy a land, they do still get a land. So they don't go down a land, and you probably can't cut them out of a color. But... Two mana, destroy planeswalkers and creatures and lands and enchantments and artifacts and just like literally anything that's a problem at instant speed. Are you thinking? Uh, are you thinking about this mostly in terms of standard or modern? Or yeah, what? I'm thinking standard. I mm. mean, modern. So what? Modern has abrupt decay, which is the same mana cost and also destroys something. Abrupt decay is black green instant destroy target non land permanent with converted mana cost three or less. Oh, it has two more restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. So this seems like, well, usually I think it should replace abrupt decay. Like, path to exile. The cost of giving your opponent a land is usually considered worth it. Mm -hmm. Though that land comes in tapped. This one does not. True. Um, but like Path, it gets better with the more copies you play. So you're actually incentivized to like max out, right? Because wait, why does it get better with more copies? Because uh, decks in modern and older formats, this is even oh, more true. they don't true. run that many they basics. They don't run that many basics, right? So if you can take them off, especially... Maybe more so in Path because it's typically alongside Field of Ruin. Mm -hmm. But when you're pathing and fielding, eventually they run out of basics and they can't do anything. Uh, but um, yeah, in, in, it's, and while we're on Modern, right? Like, Jund can now kill Tron lands really <gasps> easily. Yeah. Um, no, Jund! <laughs> so strong. Yeah, Jund seems. I, Jund is probably going to put oh, Black gosh. Green X decks back on the map because oh, they wait. have a, just a generic answer to everything. Yeah, yeah. Card's really strong. Wow, we. So my thoughts on this card. Yes. Are a couple. So first, I don't like the name. Um, I dislike the the name of the card because Assassin's Trophy sounds like an artifact. It's an mm. object. Think about other removal spells, right? Cast down, path to exile, um, uh, fatal abrupt push. decay, fatal push, right? They're all actions, or they imply some kind of a an action. 
Uh, whereas assess, like, and that's why you can say things like, you know, path your guy. And a path, I mean, it's technically a noun, right? Yeah. You put, you're giving them, you're putting, and the flavor makes sense, right? It's like, you're giving them, like, they're, you're, you're, so you're taking you away their So you just say, assassinate your guy. Assassinate but it's not, assass- no, I don't. Assassinate to But theory. you never, they don't do that. Like, you, you say, like, uh, like, decay, abrupt decay, I guess it's short enough to not need a nickname, but, like, path, push, uh, like, all these things. Actually, Whereas it'd here, be great if people shorten it to trophy, like. Trophy or two. But I think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be trophy, trophy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess is fine because, like, you're kind of taking its head as a trophy. Exactly. Yeah. I don't really get the flavor. Why do you, Why do they get a land? Um, Path to Exile makes sense. Path to Exile makes a lot of sense. Yes. Okay. Why are they getting a land? Oh, let's read the flavor text. Well, the flavor text is that uh, it says a power. a power vacuum for the Azorius, a keepsake for Vraska, and the uh, art depicts... The uh, guild leader of the Azorius, Asperia, oh, oh, oh. Sphinx, uh, depicts their head. So Vraska yes. has killed the leader of the Azorius. And takes the head, leaving a vacuum for the Azorius to take land and power. What? Like, like if you were a landowner so and wait, I killed I'm you an, and I'm took the your head. I'm the Azorius. Our leader just got assassinated. How does this make me have land? You are an Azorius member. And okay. now you move up. And so now you get all of the properties that the previous leader... <laughs> of the guild leader? leader? Yes. Well, I think actually what happens is I think Bolas is installing a new leader of the Azorius. Because mm-hmm. they've said that uh, it's going to be five guilds go with uh, Bolas, five go with the Gatewatch. Mm-hmm. And the five, there's two in this set, which are the... Uh, is it in the Golgari? They're each led by a Planeswalker, so it isn't Golgari. And then three in the next set. And people think that it's going to be the Azorius, uh, the Orzhov, and the Gruul. So, but back, back to this card. <laughs> so, I don't like the name. I don't like, I don't think the flavor makes a whole lot of sense. I understand the, like, tacking it on mechanically because of, you know, you need to have some kind of downside for an effect that's powerful at this mana cost, but still. Uh, third, uh, this is in color pie. Black green is one of uh, black green and black white are the two color combinations that can kill any kind of permanent um, on yeah. the battlefield because black can't kill artifacts and enchantments and green and white green especially can't kill creatures white can kind of kill creatures at a high enough mana cost which is why path to exile is a brick color pie break um, but when you put the black with either white or green now you can kill anything um, in standard this card uh, one thing this card does in standard is it makes expensive things it kind of disincentivizes you from playing expensive spells uh and if you're going to play them they need to do something pretty substantial when they come down uh so for example this card would not stop me from playing something like torrential gear hulk um however it might stop me from playing something like galta sure galta but that i mean that doesn't really that's not that expensive right yeah but it might stop me from playing something like uh I don't know, like a, a six mana, like a glory bringer or something, some kind of big creature, right? Cast down was always great against glory bringer. That was like the one card it was good against. Um, it might stop me from playing like a planeswalker that doesn't really do much because it feels pretty terrible if you play Vraska and then make a two two and then your opponent kills this. So I think it's important that if you're going to play Vraska into this, you tick down so you get some real value off of it. Uh, so it kind of warps the format a little bit like that. Second. Uh, the fact that it's an instant, and there's a couple, it, it, I don't know, it, there's a couple other cards here too which are instants, and they're pretty strong. This card would have been fine if it were a sorcery. Instant, again, kind of, 
it's cheap so, because it's so cheap is the first tick and then instant is the second in that it makes it so that you don't have to really take a risk to play this card right you get to hold this up if you want to use it on your opponent's turn you get to cool if not you can use mana for something else so this card is just really strong uh for because of that it's just incredibly flexible um third this is a great answer for things like uh as Kanta, the sunken ruin in standard um yeah. it's it, however i think that the when we think about oh it's a two minute planeswalker kill spell the most common thing you think is like okay well teferi how does it match up against teferi and actually i don't think it matches up great against teferi because if you pay five mana you play a teferi they kill it you have you end that turn uh where your opponent is down a card because you've already drawn a card off teferi so your opponent is down a card and you have three untapped lands now if you play it on turn five yeah. I'm fine with that if I'm a blue white control player. So I don't actually think the card is great against Teferi. Uh, but that's just because nothing is great against Teferi. Teferi is really good. Teferi is really good. Um, but, you know, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, like, if you Vraska's Contempt it and you don't give them a land, you're still sad because they untap. Well, yeah, but you're not as sad because, like, now you're, I think that, like, giving them a land on turn five is actually pretty good for blue white. Like, blue white's pretty happy to go, like, now it's up two cards instead of just one because you wasted the, you spent the removal spell on Teferi, right? It's yeah. like, oh, like I didn't just replace Teferi. I also got a land. Yeah. That's pretty good for control decks. Still, on the other side, you're pretty happy to get rid of Teferi. Sure. I just, you know, I just think it's, it's you know, strong um, yeah. in that regard. And I also think that if you can build a mana base, I think Teferi, untap a black land and a green land and hold up Assassin's Trophy is pretty strong. What? If we can go uh, no. go into some four color control shenanigans, oh god, or like play Sultai Splash White for Teferi, yeah, that seems busted. Second, uh, so that's that's standard. I think in standard this will push Black Green into being a probably a tier one deck, uh, yeah. and it's going to lead to a lot of I don't know feel not great moments when people play their expensive payoff awesome, and then cool it dies cards. to. to yeah, because we've seen things like Cast Down, right? Cast Down, Ultimate Price, Doom Blade, which are two mana removal spells that not only are, are very narrow and that they only kill like one type, but they have restrictions on top of that, right? Not only do they only kill creatures, but they only kill monocolor creatures or non-black creatures. So Trophy just killing anything for two mana is really incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a little eh about that. Um, but also... I'm pleased seeing that Wizards has uh, gone back to printing good answers. Whether this is too good, mm. I think is questionable. I think Teferi kind of erred on the side of maybe too good. But I think that this card is uh, is really, really busted. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad to see that trend. Yeah. Older formats. Definitely makes Black, Green, X decks and Modern a thing. And in older formats, it gets even better because they go even further down on um, basics. Uh, the fewer basics you have, the better that this card is. Um, yeah, so I think we should be expecting to see a lot more Jund in Modern, and in Standard, this is going to be a staple. However, don't buy this for, like, some players are listing this for $30 right now. Card is a rare. It's not going to maintain a price of $30. You don't have in-print Standard cards that are rares uh, maintaining a price tag of 30 That's just not realistic, especially in a set with Shocklands. So don't pick it up now. Uh, wait, but Assassin's Trophy... You're going to need four of them. And uh, this is a card you're probably going to get sick of because it's going to be all over the place for a couple of years.
And in modern. And in modern. For longer than a couple of years. But in modern, it's much more fair because... Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. in modern, control's, like, underpowered, right? Because the threats are so diverse and it doesn't have catch-all answers. And trophy's a great step toward rectifying that, even though it makes me a little sad it's not, like, black-white. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I just... I think this is actually a great card for modern. I'm, like, torn about it having to go through standard first because yeah. i'm concerned about the things you said about it warping the standard it's kind format. of an argument for giving wizards the ability to like print cards directly into modern without putting them through standard first because this is a good card for modern i think yeah but in st- yeah i think it's questionable in standard and like you might not want to print this into standard yeah so like fatal push was actually a really fun example of like it's great. great for modern and it was really fun in standard mm-hmm. it was very fair mm-hmm. and playable like good and playable but do you think trophy pushes out Vraska's Contempt. We're going to have to see how relevant Exile is. Because mm. I, I think Contempt will continue to see play if there are threats that you must exile. That's fair. Like Also, like yeah. Contempt gaining you life is nice. Not yeah. a reason to play it, but nice. But also, if you are trying to play a catch-all removal spell that is, and you're not in black-green specifically, then I think that's another Right, then you're still playing, playing Contempt, contempt too. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, I mean... This card is just never dead. It's good against everything. Yeah. So you, I mean, can, you get to keep this removal spell in against control. You get to keep it in against aggro. <laughs> you get to keep it in against mid-range, combo, ramp, whatever you want. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Totally. All right. Moving on to some slightly less remarkable cards. Mm. White. Oh, I said name. Sun Home Stalwart. Yes. White one for a 2-2. Human Soldier. First Strike. Mentor. Human Tribal. Yeah. Yeah, good card for a limited. Yeah. I mean, uh, pretty happy with this. Bear with two upsides. I love first striking two twos because mm-hmm. then they don't die to stupid three twos. So exactly. that's lovely. Uh, and I think it'll be, we'll have to see how many we get, but like, I think Boros being a low to the ground aggro deck with Mentor is probably going to want some pump spells, right? Ooh, or like yeah, auras yeah. or something that don't just like get, get you two for one, provide some value or something. Yeah. Like something like the aura from the last set what is it, Cartouche of Solidarity, like the aura that gave an ability, pumped its power, and then also created a 1-1 would be perfect for this set because then you're pumping the power and you're also providing a creature which you can mentor. So I, I'm, I'd be looking for something like that, a design like that is something I would I would include in this set. Cool. Uh, next up is Chromatic Lantern. This is a 3-mana artifact. Land you control, have tap. Add 1 mana of any color. And tap. Add 1 mana of any color. Great reprint. Great reprint. Oh, it's a reprint? Yeah, Commander really wanted this reprint. That seems so. lovely. Yeah, I like this card a lot. Mm-hmm. Good like for Commander. Art, too. art is pretty. Um, <laughs> Great and limited. Can really? really? Well, I mean, if you really want to cheat and splash things. Yeah, I think only in the case where you're trying to. Yeah. I, the nice thing is about this card in limited is that it lets you splash double cards, mm. like double pips, because then it's just like, oh, my lands do whatever. Uh, what do you think about it in standard? I mean, three mana, even though it's pseudo two mana because it can immediately tap for one, like, I, I just can't imagine that you need fixing so badly that you're running this. What if you want to play five color good stuff? I don't know. I don't know. What about if you want to play Joda? What's Joda? Uh, the Jess guy, it's white, blue, red, one for the four, four with like flying and maybe flash. Uh, you can pl- You can pay white blue black red green instead of cat playing spells for their mana cost 
So with Chromatic Lantern, any spell in your deck. On turn five. Oh, any spell in your deck just costs five. Costs five mana. Huh. I just think this card can do some interesting because we're that going into a multicolored format yeah. and we already have Joda. I think there's some interesting things you can do with this card. I don't know that those things are going to be tier one, but I think that uh, this is a fun card to have around. Uh, three mana is a lot, uh, but you know, it's a really really powerful effect. So worth keeping in mind. And you know, there could be a world in which you want to, you know. Play all the dragons. Ravnica sets typically have pretty high power levels in the multicolored cards, right? Yeah. Multicolored cards on average have higher power levels than monocolored cards. So Chromatic Lantern, it's possible, could see some play there as well. Um, but I, I'm looking and for... And we don't have a braid anymore. Uh, we don't. So, like, the cost of the risk of playing artifacts goes down unless we get some kind of art main deckable artifact hate. Like the black-green main deckable Assassin's Trophy. But, like, that, that just doesn't... About? That's just... I, I, that's not a reason I wouldn't play artifacts specifically. Right. No, 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 no. I'm just saying it's incidentally mm -hmm. it can take care of this. Yeah, cards, uh, that card is... We're going to see so much of it. Oh my gosh, so much. Yeah. Next we have Fresh Faced Recruit, which is hybrid red-white. One for a 2-1 human soldier. As long as it's your turn, Fresh Faced Recruit has first strike. Oh, thank God for the first strike. 2-1. I like this. I, I like it too. I think a 2-mana two 2-1 two with first strike... In an aggressive deck where you're swinging on your turn. Nice and soft on the mana with the hybrid cost. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Soft on the mana. Yeah, I, I think, like, one little slightly awkward thing with Mentor is, like, you kind of, with Boros being high power, like, aggressive, you tend yeah. toward high power, low toughness, like this, right, 2-1. Mm -hmm. But Mentor cares about power, so it's, like, a little awkward. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it plays. I, I'm pretty optimistic about the mechanic. Do you think that this could make it into an aggressive deck probably not right in like standard yeah uh probably not i think the lack of haste is pretty bad yeah like, like the it two doesn't drops have haste and it doesn't deal damage when it enters so right because like pirate <laughs> vishino pyromancer basically has like unblockable haste the turn it comes down right right because it deals damage equal yeah. to its power kenra did the same yeah. um yeah i think two drops like we'll see what's around but generally I think you need your two drop to do a little bit more than be a two one with first strike especially with chain roller in the format then we'll oh, see how yeah you know how prevalent chain roller is that's true next up is whisper agent which is hybrid blue black hybrid blue black one for a three two human rogue it has flash and when it enters the battlefield surveil one <laughs> the flavor text is great he has a job to finish and it's you oh no <laughs> Not me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna kill. He's gonna you. whisper in my ear. No, he's he's gonna kill you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, cool. I'd play that in limited. I think the card's really strong in limited. Yeah, we already yeah. saw the what was it? There was this thing. The, in... the assassin hired blade. Hired blade. Was that three it? two flash? Yeah, and that was playable. And yeah, now it's great. a three two flash that also surveils one. Yeah. Um, I'd be a little reluctant to play this card if I'm not in blue-black specifically because I think paying double mana one for this card, uh, you usually want to play this on turn three or like four. Yeah. And I think it's not worth... The double yeah, it's a little, a little bit too hard. A little risky. If you got something else, I'd go with it. But, you know, in blue-black, it's totally fine. Totally fine. And, the you know, the surveil one. 
being able to staple surveil onto stuff is just fantastic. It's just so much value. Yep. Next, we have Demir Informant. This is blue two for a 1-4 human rogue. When it enters the battlefield, surveil two. Ugh. What? I, I think that's fine. <laughs> you seem like <laughs> unhappy with it. Three for a one for like I guess if you're playing a sort of controlling e like limited yeah deck, I love these cards fine. I love cards like this uh, like Omen Speaker right was Omen um, Speaker was two for a one three finish yeah like yeah Omen Speaker was blue one right for a one three that scry two this card uh, surveils two surveil is better than scry so that's great uh, and you're you had an extra pip for a one four. We've seen three mana one fours be very playable. We had the, uh, what was it, the one four that makes a treasure when it comes down uh, for three mana back oh, in Ixalan. Sailor of Means. Sailor of Means. Oh, like, I like Sailor I, of I Means. I like blue cards that are three mana. We see a lot of these, like three mana one four value when it comes down related to the set's mechanic. And uh, I like it. It's a good design. It's defensive deck, blocks, value. It checks a lot of boxes, and I'm pretty happy to play this if I'm not uh, too interested in attacking. Okay. All right. Deal. Next, we have Bounty Agent. This is white one for a 2-2 human soldier with vigilance. Tap, sacrifice Bounty Agent. Destroy target legendary permanent. That's an artifact creature or enchantment. So what do you think of, uh, of our Bounty Agent here? The sacrifice is very restrictive. Legendary permanent? Mm. And I wish it didn't say, you know, because it could be a legendary planeswalker. Yeah. But, um, no, legendary creature artifact. This killed walkers, it'd be pretty good. I mean, it would still have to stick around for a turn before it could do it. But that, like, but, that means your opponent yeah. is spending a removal spell on a two-mana a two card. I'd be very, very happy with that trade. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's like them spending a counter spell, except it's removal that could be on your, like, big thrust. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but anyways, as is with the, with the restrictions, um... I would totally... It's the reason why... Sorry, go ahead. I was oh, yeah. just going to... like. It's the same reason why Fulminator Mage is so much better than Stone Rain. Right? Because like in Modern, when you play Fulminator Mage... Well, hypothetically, if this killed Planeswalkers, right? Okay. Fulminator Mage comes down, it's a 2-2. That at any point when it goes off, it can like blow up a land. And until you kill it, it's going to deal 2 damage to you every single turn. Right? Presuming that, like, when they bring it against you, your deck that generally doesn't commit too much stuff to the board, right? So you have a hard time blocking uh, Blue Light Control or Tron, etc. So Fulminator Mage just sits there and then forces you to answer it eventually. And Fulminator specifically, when you answer it, it still gets its value of blowing up a land, so it's 2 for winning you. This card's a little different because, you know, you can kill it and then play your thing, so it's slightly worse. But it has the same kind of thing where, like, you can play this and then they have to kill this before they can play their Planeswalker, right? And that that is what gives this its value. And while they're not killing it, it's hitting you. And it has Vigilance. So, like, you can always... It's, the threat of activation is always, always there. And with Celestia, actually, you can Convoke, too. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, yeah. But anyways, it does not kill Planeswalkers. So only legendary artifact creatures and enchantments. Yeah. Um, which, like, there, you know, there can only be so many legendaries in a deck right like there are only so many good ones there are some yeah. great ones but like also you know you don't run too many of them generally because there's a danger of drawing more mm -hmm. than you want so 
I do think, I don't know if this will translate over to Constructed, but I do think you'll see a slight uptick in the number of legendary cards being printed just because of wizard trying to, Wizards trying to push Brawl as a format. Uh, and mm. we're in Ravnica, and in Ravnica we typically get, you know, uh, two, we get the guild leader and the guild champion for each guild, and we get some other legendary. So I think you could see a decent number of legends. I think it's unlikely this card sees a ton of play. It's possible that it could see play in sideboards for, like, a particular legend-heavy deck if, you know, like, the Mox Amber deck ends up being a thing. Uh, mm. Then I could see playing this card. I do think it's kind of a miss on Wizards that this doesn't hit Sagas. Um, because yeah. Like, I think either Sagas should have been legendary or they should have really gone into, like, made the batching, you know, historic and use that term, continue to use that term. Um, because it just feels, like, kind of weird that this doesn't hit History of Benalia. Yeah. When Sagas were kind of lumped in with the whole legendary thing, but they're not legendary. Right. It's just kind of, it's kind of awkward. Yeah. So. Yeah. Next is March of the Multitudes. This is white, white, green, X. Instant, convoke, so your creatures can help pay for it. And uh, create X, one, one, white, creature, soldier, creature, vigilance. Nope. JK. <laughs> uh, I, what does this card do, Katie? Lifelink tokens. So you're creating X, one, one, white, soldier, creature tokens with lifelink. Yep, that's Great. exactly what I said. <laughs> so again, we're seeing, you know, this card... Could, so Secure the Waste saw a ton of play. Secure the Waste was so incredibly powerful because it was an instant. Um, and it let you, in a control deck at the end of your turn, and dump all your mana and get a huge number of bodies, uh, or a bunch of power split among a bunch of bodies. I don't, like... And it was cheaper, right? I love instants more than anybody else. Not necessarily more than... I, there's probably some people who like instants more than me, maybe. But I love instants. But I recognize that instants don't always lead to the best gameplay. Because instants are the, we were talking about this earlier, the risk-free way of doing things. You're not really committing anything. You're not taking any risks. There's no variance to what, you know, you, you get to play, take the safe line and also the highest value line. You don't have to make tough decisions on your turn about tapping out. March of the Multitudes, I think, I guess they wanted to push it. It's a mythic. Uh, convoke plus this, uh, you know, secure the waistline. I just, I think, you know, I don't know. It could have been a sorcery and still been good. Um, and maybe a lot of fun still. Maybe it would have been more interesting to make it a sorcery. I don't know. Uh, I, part of it is just like, I think you only get a certain number when you're designing a set. I think you only get a certain number of cards that get to be high payoff, powerful instant cards. Um, and it just seems like we've had a couple already and we're only a couple cards into the set. So, eh, you know, that's the, my, my design spiel. As far as the card goes, but I don't know if you had thoughts on that. No, okay. Um, so as far as the card goes, uh, really great card, uh, really strong. However, certainly distinct from Secure the Waste because Secure the Waste doesn't really incentivize you to play other, other creatures. creatures. It's just a control finisher, right? Even in Modern, we see it in Jeskai Controls, a finisher. Uh, March of the, and also it's mono white, so you can just splash in any white deck. This being white green, you know, you're probably going to end with Convoke, really wants you to play creatures and already have creatures. So... And is it not just creatures? Like, do you want tokens? Like, you want to already be going wide here? Maybe. Like, I mean, how many obviously... creatures do you need to make this good? Well, that's the thing. Is the like, we you don't need a ton. I, I think Convoke certainly is best. Like, just obviously is better when you have more creatures. 
However, the most competitive Convoke cards have not always been, like, make a giant number of tokens. Uh, the two that we've played in the past, however, that were played in Standard, were Court of Calling and Stoke the Flames. Court of Calling, you went wide, but you didn't. You weren't tokens wide, right? Court of Calling was usually like elves, where you're playing a lot of creatures. Yeah, some of them also make like a token or two, and you are going wide, um, but you're not like a tokens deck. Right. And then uh, Stoke the Flames was great with Rabble Master because you are making a token, but it wasn't a tokens deck, and it was it was just good with any number of red creatures, partially because it can be a free spell as well, just like Cord can be a free spell. So you're certainly incentivized to play creatures, and if you can get some token makers into there, great. But the best Convoke cards generally have been ones where you are just doing your normal thing, and your normal thing involves a couple of tokens here and there, and then the power level of the card and the cost of the card without Convoke is like low and uh, high and low enough to be really strong. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think like. I agree with that analysis. So I'm trying to think like how many, you know, creatures that come in and maybe make a token that you might want in this kind of deck. Cause so, you know, at the lowest cost four mana gets you a single one, one with lifelink, mm -hmm. which is bad. bad. So, but you know, four mana and two creatures mm -hmm. get you three, Right, you can do it on their mm -hmm. turn, at the end of their turn, so that you are suddenly swinging with a lot more creatures, or you can then play something on your turn that puts counters on everything or something. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not as high on this card as you are. Like, I I'm think... not high. I'm just saying it's powerful. I don't know. I'm okay. not, I didn't say anything about playability. Oh. It's a powerful card. It has a powerful effect. Convoke, Sableon is strong. Ah, okay. I was taking your powerful to be equivalent to saying playable. Oh, I, I, I'm saying I don't know. I don't know where this the home for this card is. Uh, I'm comparing it to cards like Stoke and Cord, uh, which were the ones that saw play. But this card's in a kind of an awkward spot, I think, um, because you know Stoke was four, Cord usually play for what seven around seven uh so like if you're doing this let's say you're doing this for seven you're only getting three tokens off of that i uh, four tokens because i can do math right <laughs> so like i don't know how great of a payoff that is mm. uh it seems like it might be good against control decks just because when they like go to kill something you get to respond tap it get a soldier and some other soldiers and then they have to sweep but i i don't know the, the card is strong i just don't know if it'll have a home we'll have to see yeah Okay. Yeah. Next is Zoni Thousand Eyed. Ooh. This is green, green, black, black, two. Elf Shaman, legendary creature. Uh, so it is six total mana for a 2 3 uh -huh. with undergrowth. When a Zoni enters the battlefield, create a 1 1 black, green insect creature token for each creature in your graveyard. Then you can pay uh, green, black. Sacrifice another creature, gain one life, and draw a card. Cool. So, yeah. So, if you wanted to activate it on the turn that you played it, you'd have to have eight mana, which is an awful lot. Um, but the ability to just sacrifice creatures and draw cards, like any cards in mm. black green, is pretty sweet. Um Again, this is a color that should be dumping creatures into the graveyard, so you should 
hopefully get, let's see, how many creatures do you need to get at least six power for six mana? Four, four. creatures in the graveyard? Mm-hmm. Eh, that seems reasonable by turn four. Well, yeah, that's six. the thing that always, whenever we're doing Splitter Season and we get these style of cards, the real question, is like, yes, this has a very high ceiling. It also has a really low floor. Yeah. Like, the question is always, we can't evaluate this card fully until you see what kind of shell it exists. Like, do you have a, a critical mass of cards that really effectively fill your graveyard? If yes, card's great. If no, card's awful. Right. Uh, yeah. That's really what it comes down to. The card the ETB is nice. Oh, ETB is great. I think the card is like, it really reminds me of um, uh, Ishkana. Mm. Because Ishkana was, was a similar, like, this is a grindy card. You play this, you get some value. If you have a way to blink this, good for you um if you can sack this and then bring it back like you can just grind advantage with this card and the fact Mm -hmm. that its ability lets you grind more advantage by gaining life and drawing cards is sweet yeah um and we've lost things like scavenger grounds that like instantly clear the entire graveyard correct scavenger grounds is gone do we still have that relic thing uh critical combination yeah no that's no crook is gone yeah yeah but uh yeah so like I think you need to be getting three off of this to be okay, and you really want to be getting, like, four or five. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, we really just have to wait and see if it happens and if, if we end up getting it or not. I do like that it has a 2-3 body. That's, like, by, by itself, like, in addition to the other creatures that yeah. you sh- should be getting. I wish it was a little higher. I wish it was at least four. I, I'm just so used to them printing, like, the stupid four-mana two-ones. Like, I'm like, oh, two-three. That's so reasonable. Yeah, it's just that in standard, I don't know that a two-three is really that different from, like, a two-one. Uh, I guess it doesn't die to Chain Whirler. But other than that, like, it dies to Strike. Like, that's, like, it dies to all... Because, really, you have these categories of removal of, like, red removal and, like, white removal and black removal. And this dies to all the red removal, aside from, yeah. like, Shock. So I, I guess it's good it doesn't die to Shock. But I would have liked it to have four toughness, I think. Is Shock even still around? Yeah, it was reprinted in... I think it was reprinted in M19. Maybe? I, I think so. Mm. Uh, let me look. Let me look. I think mm. I The think last Shock. Shock art I remember looks like it's from Kaladesh. Uh, I don't think Shock... Let's see. So it was in Aether Revolt. It was in Aether Revolt. Uh, was it, it was also printed in M19. Good memory. Yeah, thank you. Thank Good you. job. Yeah. So it doesn't die to shock. It doesn't die to shock. Dab, dab. Uh, and that is all we have for tonight, right? That's it for, for this player. So we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. Listening, um, And we're looking forward to you know continuing to bring you the individual card spoilers, card by card, day by day. Uh, thanks As again. As we see the deck shape up That's and right. flesh out. Uh, I'm really excited for the black, green, hopefully blue, salt high. Uh, mid-range grindy oh. graveyard mid-range deck yeah that sounds fun I, I hopefully it's like reminiscent of um what, what was the graveyard delirium. deck with yeah delirium delirium exactly that was a really cool deck yeah delirium was fun yeah it was good uh especially in the incarnation without emrakul where you really just had a grind Ugh. maybe it was a i kind of preferred it with emrakul because it really yeah. got grindy that's fair that's fair but um, yeah, you do want to strike a balance, I think, from Wizard's side, where you want to encourage people to be attacking and playing creatures, which is what standard is usually about. But you do want to make sure games don't go on for too, too long. So, yeah, so thanks again to our sponsors, New England Comics, who you can find on Facebook at NEC Coolidge, and to Flipside Gaming, you can find it at flipsidegaming.com. I'm Ryan. 
I'm Katie, and this is Spoiler Season.